So here, without much ado, right now, I'd like to... Uh, now, so... <laughs> if someone would hold the microphone, I will. <laughs> if it takes me all day. Thank you. First, with a few new wrinkles on cookery and a great many old wrinkles elsewhere... Here is Daphne Whitefire. Good news for all housewives. <laughs> Rhino is down in the shops this week and you can give hubby his favourite cut. My suggestion... <laughs> best end of Rhino. The difficulty is, of course, to know which is the best end. Uh, rhinos know, but their cause is not ours. For those of you who fancy something a little more um, exotic in the way of uh, poultry, why not try duck-billed platypus flambe? Yes. Well, I've, uh, I've tried it, but they keep blowing the match out. Yet again is that doyen of folk singers, rambling Sid Rumper. Hello, me dearie. Now, I'm going to sing you a sad sea shanty sung by the herring fisherman of Hampstead Garden suburb. <laughs> yes, it's a plaintive lament on account of Hampstead Garden suburb be landlocked. <laughs> amongst other things. <laughs> This story, this, the, this story it tells of a poor fisherman what comes home one night with an empty net and his wife says to him, What have you caught me, Billy-O? What have you caught me, darling Willie? To which he answers, Nary a one me, Susie-O, but I bought a tin of sardines from the supermarket up Camden Town. Fiona, <laughs> I was asleep. No, Charles. Are you? No. <laughs> Neither am I. I can't get off. <laughs> I keep thinking. Thinking? Thinking what? You know what I'm thinking. Yes, I know. I know you know. I know you know, I know. Yes, I know. But knowing doesn't help. Every night I like her torturing myself. We're in an impossible position. Give it time, Charles. In that round-up, you heard Kenneth Horne, Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden and Bill Pertwee playing some of the many characters that we invented for them. We? Well, that's Marty Feldman and me, Barry Took, who wrote the first 50 of the 66 episodes of Round the Horn, which were made between 1965 and 1968. Round the Horn didn't just happen. The chronology of this amazing show went something like this. In 1958, I was working with scriptwriter Eric Merriman, and we came up with an idea for a comedy series for Kenneth Horn, which we called Beyond Our Ken. Together, we wrote the first 41 episodes, and then the partnership split. I went to work for Granada Television, writing with Marty Feldman some episodes of The Army Game, and inventing and largely writing a series called Bootsy and Snudge. One day in 1964, we received a call from Ted Taylor, then script editor BBC Radio Light Entertainment, saying that for various reasons, Merriman, who had continued working on the Beyond Our Ken series after I left, was not going to write any more, and could Marty and I invent a replacement for Kenneth Horne and the cast? 
which now included Bill Pertwee, who had replaced Ron Moody after the first series, and the Fraser Hayes Four. We met with Taylor, Roy Rich, the head of Light Entertainment, and John Simmons, the producer. They outlined the problems, and we politely declined the offer to write a new show for Kenneth Horn and Company. Beyond Our Ken was a popular success, and we feared that a follow-up might be inferior. We went back to my flat and over lunch talked through the situation. From not being keen, we started saying, well, if we did do it, we could... In short, at about 2.30, we rather shamefacedly phoned Roy Rich and told him that we'd changed our minds and would like to write six programmes and see how it went. Having agreed to write the new series, we sat down to really think out what we could actually do with that cast that would be different. Here are some of the notes we made in December 1964 for the programme that was tentatively called It's Ken Again. 1. Trends. In which... With it, ideas on fashion, music, people and places are discussed by a Mary Quant type. 2. TV Round the World An information service in which each week the national television of a different country is discussed. The supposition is that every country has the equivalent programmes to those popular in Great Britain. For example, Coronation Rue, Coronation Strasse, etc. Each week there will be a dramatised excerpt from a national programme for instance, a Japanese Western, German jukebox jury, etc. 3. W. McQueen Horn's Theatreland, a short history of various London theatres, introducing possibly a Lantfontaine-type couple. 4. A Let Me Speak parody, with Ken playing Muggeridge and talking each week to a different minority group. For instance, the Flat Earth Society, I Saw Flying Saucers Land, the League for Pure Tap Water, and so forth. Five, epic meetings, a brief dramatisation of famous meetings, for instance, Whistler and Wilde at the Café Royal. Six, working title, reminiscences of an old bag. An aged, wealthy crone who's been everywhere, done everything, slept with everybody over the last 70 years, reminisces to Ken. Her one surviving servant, a former lover, is played by Kenneth Williams, and the sketch highlights some aspect of the Dolce Vita during the past half-century. 7. For the end of the show, we suggest answers to last week's puzzle. The puzzle, of course, has never been set, and the answers are as incongruous as we can make them. 8. A character for Kenneth Williams, as yet unnamed, who is the epitome of all obsessed Donald Pleasance-type tramps. It is interesting to recall how much those notes helped us and how we developed them. Trends worked well and was a constant feature until superseded by the Round the Horn colour supplement. TV Round the World only produced one sketch, a German version of the TV quiz W Money. The Lundfontaine couple became, in due course, Dame Celia Molestrangler and ageing juvenile Binky Huckerback. Reminiscences of an old bag became the Clissold saga an episode of which appears later. The answers to last week's quiz became a regular feature, and the Kenneth Williams tramp became J. Peasnold Gruntfuttock. It would be silly to pretend that Round the Horn worked from the word go, and in fact to Marty and me, as well as to a large number of the listening audience, the first few shows were less than satisfactory. They were too bitty, and the running order needed adjusting. We were finding our feet. The big guns, that's to say the major characters, did not emerge until the series had been running for some weeks. 
Julian and Sandy made their debut in Programme 4, and Jay Peasmore Grumptruttock started his long association with the series in Programme 5, the programme which saw the last episode of The Clissold Saga. By Programme 6, we really had the bit between our teeth and produced a lot of new and successful work. There was Gruntfutter complaining that there wasn't enough filth on the BBC, and Charles and Fiona emerged making their first appearance in Programme 8. In Programme 11, on the 16th of May 1965, they reappeared as Celia Backstroke and Albert Runt. They were so successful that we rethought, and on their next appearance they had become fully formed as Dame Celia Molestrangler and ageing juvenile Binky Huckerback although the characters they played were still locked in the Noel Coward, Terence Rattigan mode as Charles and Fiona. Programme 9 of the first series saw the coming of Kenneth Horne Master Spy, also Rambling Sid Rumpo. Seamus Android and Dobby Royds, the magic horse rejuvenator, came to light in the second 1966 series. The formula of the show hardened, and as Round the Horn was now being sold worldwide, we were turning out scripts at a gallop. We were still getting the occasional complaint about vulgarity, which we either ignored or mocked. This little gem appeared in Programme 5 of the third 1967 series on the 12th of March, 1967. Well, I'd like to start off with an apology. As you're probably aware, all the characters who appear on the show are fictitious names, but sometimes nature imitates art, and therefore I'd like to take this opportunity to apologise to the very reverend Ignatius Niblung Goose Creature for the use of his name in a recent script. Now, uh, no, no similarity was intended, and as a token of goodwill, I trust that the reverend gentleman will accept this voucher for six water...